Hello and welcome to the Absolute Game of Nerds with your non-geek, non-nerd hosts, JP and Rohan. And this is our 20th episode, we believe. We're we're counting in order, I think. And uh, we got it right this time, our 20th episode. So that's a milestone. And for this milestone today, we're going to talk cards with Falfto from Sketch Card Hive. I'm going to let uh, Rohan give him a proper introduction. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have Fausto of Sketchcard Hive on with us tonight. I first came across him, uh, again, kind of another connection through Justin from Spidey Hits and Manu from the 9.9 Newsstand. I've seen him on their show, Spidey Hits. I obviously glommed onto his feed because Fausto, I think I'm a big Silver Surfer fan. Fausto is about the cream of the crop when it comes to Silver <laughs> Surfer fans. Yeah, he's got the shirt on and everything. Ed, and uh, which is would be very cool to talk about, uh, which we'll get to, is he is the head Marvel card uh, consultant at CGC. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, but Fausto, say hello. How you doing? Hey, everybody. So thanks again for having me on. I'm so excited to hang out with you guys and talk some Marvel cards, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So we always kind of start with a, just kind of a, a, an origin story. Um, so why don't you start with yours? You know, you know, did it start a childhood later in life? Did you pick back up? Did you drop off? kind of give us the spiel here and you know obviously that involves your love of surfer and and let's let's hear it all yeah um man uh so i was born in 85 so kid of the 90s so very much like marvel cards were everywhere so i'm yeah. definitely one of those kids where just like you go to the mall vending the vending booths instead of cell phones and some shady stuff it'd be marvel cards and singles right that they would overcharge moms for their for their yeah. kids that wanted them really badly where um, did you grow up by the way where did you grow up oh sorry so i'm i'm from miami florida actually okay originally so i'm living in north carolina now but originally from miami florida which every card collector is from florida i don't know how that started but for some reason <laughs> the you there's like always like a flock of them there but um <laughs> yeah so i yeah i started collecting cards so i was seven when i started like when I first got into like comic books and stuff like that and kind of fell in love with the surfer real quick. And I, I, it was just an awesome moment. Like, I don't know, like it was, it was kind of crazy. I, um, it was the 1992 Marvel universe cards with the power ratings in the background, yes. and silver surfer. And, uh, it was just phenomenal. And I, I, I guess I really got in tune with the surfer because, um, my sister has uh, severe autism. So like growing up was very different and stuff like that. So like surfer was more like of a thinker philosophy kind of to himself and a little bit of introvert. And I immediately connected with that character because it was a lot of instead of actiony kind of stuff. It was very kind of like, let's figure this out. Let's try to figure out how we move past this kind of stuff. And it was very peaceful kind of thing. And I saw that card and I saw the surfer and it was immediately done for me. And uh, so I had been picking up cards here and there and picking up collectibles and all that stuff. And it wasn't until I had a collection like all of us when we were kids and collecting, not in very good shape. And then around, gosh, 2011, 2013, maybe it was just like, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to go ahead and start doing this the right way. And I'm going to get every Silver Surfer card. And I just did it. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go to A to Z from his very first to his very last. I'm just going to keep up with it and go down this road. And then all the craziness happened. <laughs> and I sold off my surfer books. I sold off surfer, surfer statues, the Bowens. I did all that. I sold off all my other surfer collectibles and just 
saved what little money I had to do the Silver Surfer Master character collection the correct way. And I just been doing that ever since and did the podcast for Marvel cards, kind of been around, consulted with Upper Deck. And uh, then I got hit up by CGC to help them with Marvel cards. And that was really exciting. So I'm doing that with them now just to make sure all the things are labeled correctly. And there's just a lot of Marvel cards people don't know about. So many like secret gems that people are still not even collecting. Yeah, no, I, and I definitely want to get into that. We'll get, uh, you know, as we as we keep talking, there's a lot of questions I have regarding that. Um, and just like I've told this story before, but Faust and I have bought it because our love of Silver Surfer essentially originated exactly the same. His was the 1992 card. Mine was actually the 1991. I remember walking to school in fourth grade and my friend Jeremy handed me this card and I was like, who is this? And then I flipped it over and same thing. I saw those power ratings and I was blown away and he's been my favorite ever since. So that, that just hits. hits I love it, man. Day. Yeah. It's so good, dude, because like, I don't think people realize how many comic book fans emerged first from the cards in the nineties. I don't oh, think people realize. Yeah. We we've talked about this because so almost everyone we've had on this show. So I was born in 83. JP's a little older than me. So we're all, almost everyone we've had on this show is kind of in this kind of generation. And so we yeah. kind of grew up in the nineties and almost all of us are like, those cards are what brought us into Marvel. And I, you told me it was like, you know, Spider-Man has been around since the sixties and it's 2023 now, but you can just by having a handful of cards and reading the synopsis on the back, you could get the whole comprehensive history. And so it's like, that's where all of my main knowledge of Marvel came from was those cards. I mean, that same, like all my X-Men knowledge, all my Spider-Man knowledge, if it yeah. wasn't in the cards, I eventually would read about it later on, but it all stemmed from the cards and of course the animated TV show. But yeah, that was yeah, not, that's yeah. my, <laughs> like yeah. most people, right? X-Men look a certain way because of that cartoon in the cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, were you going to say something, JP? No, I just, um, I, I, I more or less was comic and because i was also a baseball card collector when those when i found those marvel cards it was like bridging the gap between those two hobbies of mine and then again like you said those i have one you know a couple in front of me but those those power ratings are how you knew who could beat you and how fast yeah yes and, uh, i always I, I was always in, in somewhat uh drawn to the cosmic characters even though spider-man and punisher were my favorite and of course wolverine but the fact of the some characters could travel the speed of light i thought was just crazy to even think of and uh so i always liked and i got and i got quasar was a guy i thought was pretty cool but he had no strength but he could fly at the speed of light yeah and i was like come on man give him like a two rating so yeah, he can there, actually beat somebody there, up there are he was a couple a one. there are a He's couple a uh, there yeah. are a couple cosmic characters that are like that strength of one but then seven on the speed like there's another one like is his name epoch he's like a, like a little alien kind of thing yeah, yeah, he he's got he's the same thing, and it's just like yeah, there's a couple of those cosmic characters like that. Are you are you ready for this? This is crazy. So this is a nutty story. Uh, we interviewed Bob Budiansky, who is the creative director of Marvel. Of, uh, in Marvel, he was a creative director, and they handed him Marvel cards in 1990, and they said make cards. All the cards from 1990, he just went around the Marvel bullpen and handed people boards. And said, draw me this character, draw me this character. That's why Wolverine from Jim Lee is in the 1990 Marvel Universe set. Ah. They made up all the power ratings <laughs> <laughs> completely. They looked up some things. You know, they had that encyclopedia back in the day where you see the three figures of the character in different poses. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. So they just looked all that stuff up and just started making up stuff. So like you have all these weird number changes because they're like, well, if he's a 10 here, we got to knock him down. Well, seven, because I think seven was the highest at the time. We got to yeah. knock him down a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. like that's why you have all that stuff. A, a perfect yeah, example of that was on series two, the 1991, Thanos is a, is a strength seven. And then yep. if you go to the 1992, Thanos is a strength six. Yep. So, yeah, they, they definitely did some revisements. Uh, I was wondering about that because I always checked that because anybody who was an X-Men and then had the X-Men, the Jim Lee cards that came out, I don't know what year that was. And I was like, is that the same? Are they all the same? Do they yeah. keep it in line and, and all that? So I guess I didn't realize. I'll have to check that Thanos dropped down because he was yeah. a seven, a seven in speed, I think. And then stamina, he was a seven. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's a, like some of these. I wish Justin and I talk about this all the time, like going back and be like, all right. What was the top one? I think he even did a video. I'm sure I was like, we were talking about it. He did a video or something like that. But there has to be someone out there with like four sevens or three sevens. But I feel like he might have been the one of the highest, most powerful characters, I think. Something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, that's pretty Thanos interesting. Or Silver Surfer. The Hulk had the stamina, the speed, or not the speed, but the strength. Durability. Hulk Wasn't it intelligence really small? And, and, no, Hulk was, was high small. intelligence as Bruce Banner. All right, so Thanos, yeah, when they revised the card, this one. Yes. Yeah. Ah, so it says he was a strength is six, speed is six, and fighting ability was a four, but if you watched Endgame, he kicked everyone's ass. So yeah, he yeah, exactly. He, he, killed, he kicked the Hulk's ass, which according to that, those power, it definitely doesn't make sense. And I, you know, I, I was going to say real quick, I remember I was disappointed because in Series 2, it was like, it was like strength, intelligence durability stamina and speed and i may be missing something but then in series three and then in the x-men series one they they switched them out and they had fighting ability they had energy projection mental energy powers. projection yeah yep. and i remember when i looked at the silver server card when i got it, i flipped it over and it was like full strength full speed full um energy projection but that's in fighting ability it was like two and i was it like was oh come on man bad. and it's like i get it like the fighting ability was like a base of like hand to hand i was like server ain't gonna hand to hand anybody he's gonna blast you out there like i mean give somewhere to do. On ground level yeah yeah who's gonna uh, people that had uh fighting ability at seven were wolverine and i think captain america yeah wolverine captain two. america i think no i think cable also was up cable there assassin characters mostly from yeah. what i remember right like daredevil yeah maybe uh, deadpool was up there street level characters had pretty good fighting ability yeah. from what i remember back in the yeah. day and if you remember uh, on the was... series three they had there's a section of just cosmic beings and all of them would have full sevens fighting ability one. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's crazy. It's pretty good though. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're making that stuff up and you're, you're, you're going through the logs and you have like good comic book knowledge, which all of them did, you know, I can understand why they would be like, well, they wouldn't have to be in a fight because they could do this. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. I mean, some of those things didn't matter. The, the intelligence yeah. for some of them, like Reed Richards was a seven, you know, yeah. but he he was a one in strength and, you know, had no agility and no fighting ability. But, you know, he was smart and that's all that mattered, right? That's yeah. all that mattered. That's all it took. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I just want to pull you to. So there's the Series 2 has power ratings. Series 3 has power ratings. The X-Men Jim Lee Series 1's card have power ratings. Those are like the three main sets of cards with the Series 1 that I grew up on. I personally think the Series 2 had the best visual display of the power ratings, like the bar chart. Series three had kind of like the laser beams almost. And then like um, 
yeah. X Men had that like linear graph. Yep. I, I, I think like series that. two. I, yeah, I thought series two is the best. I so agree. It's not, 100%. it's not this one. You don't think this one's the best? No, no, that's series three. Yeah, so that one I think not is the lasers. Though. You like yeah. the okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the bar, the bar chart. The yeah, bar I like chart. this one. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bar chart's good. Yeah, I like I like the laser beams. I actually recreated like a crazy person because I was bored. Recreated this whole thing for a play mat. So, yeah, you like, showed I, me that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that looks great when you on your like Instagram photo and you put like the card on that and then take a photo. It looks fantastic. It was fun, but it was crazy town. I don't know why I did that, but just, I just had to do what it. Was I don't it? Know what it was. Did I miss? I didn't. I don't know if I saw that. What was it again? Basically, I recreated the back of the card for a giant playmat because I wanted it to. Because like you scan the card and you can get a high res image, but you know you're going to mm -hmm. get the print dots. It's not going to look right. So I just re digitally re recreated everything. The numbers look for the close fonts. I did the whole craziness. I don't know why I was, but you have to understand collecting the surfer is like a slow burn. Cause he was banned. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't yeah. in cards after 14, 13, Why was he 13. banned? The Fox properties. Remember? Oh when yeah. Fox, yeah. 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 So he was gone. A bunch of the fantastic, all the fantastic four properties were basically gone. I think Nightcrawler was gone. I think Nightcrawler is still gone. Like it was just a bunch of stuff that was knocked off the card thing. So it was like completely dark for me, but I was backlogging. I was collecting everything at a crazy pace and going, you know, taking the time to go back and not spend crazy money. But I was bored. <laughs> yeah. That's so the reason favorite. why those cards are now rare. Like that's. This, yeah. So like, like surfers, you know, a lot of people collect um, PMGs. You know, those are not the most expensive cards in the world. They become expensive because of, you know, people getting excited about them and stuff. But that's why he only has one PMG and Spider-Man has like seven. Yeah, and that, I saw a green Silver Surfer Spider-Man or Silver Surfer PMG. It was like $12,000. I was like, oh, my God. I was offered something stupid. I probably should have taken it, but I just I couldn't do it at the time. Oh, nice. You got it. Yeah, of course you got it. It took, this took six years to get though. Uh, like this is stupid six years to get. And I didn't spend 17, 12,000. I couldn't, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But yeah. like, you know, I was able to grab it for, I think 25, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's still, it's, it's a you know, stupid amount of money. But what's good is though, like, this is like, I think in my collection, I'm only missing two cards and I have pretty much every other silver server ever. Nice. Yeah. So, so real quick, real, real quick before that. So JP, I want to explain. So Fausto made that play mat. That is the recreation of the back of that series three card. So if you go to his Instagram, when he has a post of some of his cars, he lays the card on the play mat and then takes the picture. So it has like a cool background behind the oh, card. Okay. Right. So that's what he uses it for. So it looks really nice. If you look on his feet, it looks really clean. So that's what, yep. what that is. Um, okay. Sorry. I, I cut you off there. Fausto. No, not at all, man. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you you said it took 15 years to collect every card. How did you even, like, was there a database when you started about, like, what every card was, or how did you research that? That was a lot of work. So, um, oof. so back in the day, all the Marvel card collectors, back in the day, like 1999, right? So you have to remember, in 1997, Flare Ultra Spider-Man came out, right? Now, Flare Ultra Spider-Man was the very first set to have sketchographs. And these sketchographs were drawn by hand-drawn cards that they would be inserted in boxes. Not one in every box, but one in every, like, case, basically. It was really rare. 
but you would get a hand-drawn card of a really spectacular artist who drew something you know what i mean and that would be something people went after so all of a sudden marvel cards wasn't just like a thing from the 90s that was overprinted which i would argue it was never really overprinted there's a lot of demand and a lot of discardment there's just not a lot of tens anyway but in 97 all these guys and women who who collected comic book original art were like wait a minute i can get a tom palmer a sketchograph card of him drawing spider-man on card drawn i don't have to wait in a line at a con i don't have to look for original art i can just get like a 90 dollars box 50 dollars box and possibly get one i'm in it created collecting on a whole different level for marvel card collectors and back in the day that stuff was like on the yahoo groups back in the day right where basically yeah it was crazy so basically um someone would open tons and tons of boxes and then every collector would get faxes of all the different cards that they could pick. And then they would go in there. And then eBay came around. And then eBay had things popping up and over. So it went from Yahoo Groups to a place called Scoundrel. I don't know if you guys remember that back in the day. And then Blowout Forms. And then the admin group that I'm part of now, which is MCCW MMC, which is on Facebook, which I hate Facebook, but it's the only way you can find crazy stuff because these cars are all around the world so i was completely off social media around this time i started hunting but i had to jump on and then all this other stuff ensued afterwards but yeah so that's, you have that's a better better chance of finding them on facebook you have a better chance in of some finding cases them. in some cases most of this stuff is hiding here's the thing that people don't understand about marvel cards people don't want to sell them like the crazy stuff no one wants to get rid of it. I'm telling you for a fact, no one wants to get rid of this stuff because they feel close to it. They feel really attached to the characters. Some of these cards can't be replaced, uh, especially the more high-end ones. Like it's 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 an impossibility at some stages. So like my surfer collection, yeah, it took a long time. Even like sketches, like old school sketches, took a long time to get to. Tough. Still having trouble grabbing stuff because people who have it are well off they collected it as a passion they have no reason to sell or trade for that matter which is crazy yeah. on yeah. the high end card uh, real quick Fausto, that green pmg is there a, is there a reason why you haven't graded that card yet or are you keeping it raw or N nerves that's literally it i have what do i have here i have the uh what is it called i have the um blue uh, none higher, uh, pop one nine that I graded. So this is the highest graded silver surfer PMG on the registry currently. Mm -hmm. Uh, the green, I'm not a professional grader and, and grading is not great. Grading is important to me in the sense that I like the idea of it being authenticated because I am worried about cards and what people are doing with cards nowadays and what's possible. So being yeah. authenticated is important to me. Great is kind of like secondary in my personal view to other people it's not um but so i did this one and it's in the collection so basically i also did uh, a crazy thing which i haven't told anybody yet so this is on this channel for the first time basically. breaking news <laughs> basically i went from the very first surfer to the last surfer uh all graded nine or better um no team appearances, no verses, just all the different base card art of Surfer 
even the inserts. And I went from 1979 to 2016. Nice. Uh, so, Faust, do you mind uh, showing some of the, the top uh, the top is, pieces there? Like maybe starting even with the rookie card? Is yeah, there yeah, a nuclear yeah. key in there at all? Maybe in that case, a nuclear key for a president or something? That was quite the case. Look at that thing. Jesus. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, it. I don't know. I'm a cat, man. I love boxes. I saw pelican <laughs> cases and I was like, I'll do it. I want to feel like a spy. I don't even care. It's not, I mean, I can't even pretend it's cool. It's not. It's ridiculously childish, but I hey, adore it so much. <laughs> I, I take this box with me. It's like a filing cabinet box that shows because I can hold, you know, probably 100 comics and I can hold one graded comic or I have another box, like a filing cabinet box. And these guys make fun of me. They're, you got your little box? You got your little box? I'm like, I'm not carrying a backpack around. I got a box. So no, it you is and I weird. are the same. I Screw like them, the right? box thing, man. Yeah. I like I don't care. Yours man. is you know much what? cooler than mine, though. Look at that thing. But imagine, like, Faust is going through the airport if he's traveling somewhere with that thing. People are like, is that guy work for the president? Who is that guy? Yeah. They're going to see I the think, handcuff around my hand. And they're yeah. going to be like, hmm. Dude, you, should, you, should, you, should, you should get a handcuff and put her on her just to, like, mess with people. And I what should. I you, really you should. Have, you don't fly with us, do you? You never flew with – okay. I was wondering. I'd be like, don't even touch that lady. You're done. Ben There's Stiller. In there. You saw it on the machine. There's no confusion. Yeah, don't even open Move that damn thing up. Yeah. Ready to go. see them going, look at this. <laughs> what That's is awesome. this thing? <laughs> is it shatterproof and they toss it across the room <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh i'll show you crazy stuff then um yeah. yeah yeah so what are you interested in you said rookie right is that what you yeah i mean saying? we could start with the rookie but then from there i would, I would just you, you take it from there and show you know what's what's crazy okay let's do this right So that's the rookie card, right? That's so there is an appearance card with Surfer in here. And um, this is kind of this is the appearance card of Surfer. Uh, and that's a is, sticker, right? This is a sticker. So this is a crazy card, actually. So there is a card before this that has Surfer on it. Uh, I haven't said this out loud, but I'm going to say it anyway for you guys. 1960. Six or 67 Marvel Mania. You guys remember that? That fan club in the 60s. Jack Kirby has some original art in there, some really cool stuff. And there was a membership card, and Silver Surfer has a picture of him next to a couple of the other heroes on it. So I finally found it. So it's in the case, but I haven't graded it. But this is like an official trading card type of thing, as it was intended, and it's a sticker. There's four variants to this. Each of them have like a different copyright variation. Two asterisks in the U.S., in the U.K. kind of thing. And this is, uh, yeah, 1976. Nice. Yeah, nice. very cool. 1976. So are, all, are, are all four variants considered the rookie card, or do you have to have a certain certain one? I have all four variants. So in that red case there basically is the whole collection. So every Silver Surfer card ever that, you know, that that's yeah. possible. And here is all just the graded ones and all that kind of craziness. So, all right. yeah. Continue. Um, yeah, there's some crazy stuff. Rohan's going to, head's going to blow up seeing all this stuff. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that one. 
You want to see something? So there was crazy? a nine point five. Okay, so I didn't know if it was yep. ten, nine. So there's a nine. Okay. Well, PSA doesn't have a nine point five GP, but CGC, BGS, SGC all have nine point fives. Okay. Is it backwards on your screen? No, nope. it's it's right ways. It's right. Okay, just making sure. But yeah, so you want to see something crazy for a surfer fan? Yeah. Yes. Okay, fine. I'll show you something crazy. So you see the hologram, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. This was an insane find, obviously. Oh, it's without the border. It's, it gets better than that. It's the printing plate to make the card. Oh. How do you get that? <laughs> Broke into the card place and took it. <laughs> Actually, the guy who worked there swiped it. And he swiped the full set, and I was able to grab the surfer. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that insane? So that what is, awesome. that is this. Wow. That's one of a kind, then. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's I mean, that, probably, that's like, essentially like. That's essentially like the original art of a comic. Like, that's the printing plate of the comic. Yeah. Well, or, or if you want the OA. The OA exists uh, here. <laughs> but I can't get it right now. But, yeah. So, yeah. So that's there. I'll show you some more stuff, but I'll come over here, show you there. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's pull this sucker over here a little more. A little too heavy. Okay. <laughs> a little too heavy. I got I to gotta stop. I got to make some restrictions here. Um, this is pretty cool. You should be on the lookout for this. Oh, so yeah. This I got that. Oh, no. That's the promo, huh? <laughs> this is the promo. And this is the correct promo, not the diamond. The one that has the diamond on the back is part of the cut, an uncut sheet that should not exist as a card. Nobody should be grading it. This is the promo because it yeah. only has two lines of the copyright. So, like, so how much you have rarer the one, is that? Or sorry, JP, go ahead. I was going to say, if you have the one with the diamond on the back, that means it was cut from the original, and you're not supposed so, to grade it that way. Because there's so there's. There were these magazines, Preview Magazine. Remember Wizard, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before Wizard, there was a magazine named Preview. And the Preview Magazines, they would preview the cards in the 90s. But what they did was for Marvel Universe, because it was the first time, they put these sheets in the magazine, basically where four cards were stuck together. They're not perforated. You can't tear them apart. It's basically one sheet of four cards. And it's oh. inserted in the magazine. It's basically a page. What people did was they knew the magazine... They buy it really cheap. And then what they do is they go ahead, cut it, and then send it in to get it graded. So there's a few PSA graded when they're not supposed to be because they were cut, but they don't know that. Um, mm. So the promo ones, however, were sick because they were handed out in clear uh, wrappers, basically card bags, like actual like cellophane kind of wrappers. And they're just clear and you could see them. And it was like, I forget how many cards were in each pack. And they were just handing them out as promo material. So these are often in terrible shape. And it's of like the 18 cards that were part of the promos. This is like the newsstand of these cards. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Right. You no, know, I saw. So correct me if I'm wrong. So they're, they're a little darker colors. And then on the back in the tiny print, it doesn't say exclusively distributed by Impel, correct? Correct. That's exactly right. Nailed it. And so, like, hmm. just let, let's just, you know, as a thought experiment here, if you had a 9.5 
regular card, let's just say it's worth a hundred dollars. What would that promo nine point five be worth? Is it like I have, I have no idea. Like I mean, on it's you know like I I, I don't know I don't know yeah, I don't know how to do that. You know I just I I stay I don't say anything about prices with stuff, but only because I'm just like it sets unrealistic expectations on people sometimes. You know what I mean? And like pumping, flipping, all that stuff. But for me, this is more like. And I don't have the best collection in the world. I don't. I just have a, a nice surfer collection and I'm vocal about it. Uh, other people have crazier things, I'm sure. Um, but I just like that it acts like kind of like a museum. You know what I mean? That it has this kind of like trajectory of history. So it's just really cool to see that kind of all come together. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. When you when you posted about the that promo card, like, you know, new, you know, unveiled secret. I literally, because I have the entire Caesars one, I went through and I yeah, looked at it. Yeah, I know. They, crazy they, good collection. They all, they all, mine all say exclusively distributed by Impel, though. It's tough. Like, I didn't know about it until much later myself. Like, I didn't know this first starting off. Like, it's weird when you collect something so focused, especially, you know, whatever you do, you guys know this stuff. You guys do this stuff on a whole new, another level as well. Like, you just meet the people who have been archiving this stuff, who know this stuff. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you learn things and people trust you and they say things because they have it. So you're not in competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're basically just like, yeah, you're basically just spending your time. And and it's not, I'm very fortunate because I've been, I've become friends with these people. Usually it's very competitive and, you know, people mislead you, people, you know, a lot of shady stuff, but I've, I've just been very lucky with the people I've met and they've kind of been just very um, educational, you know what I mean? And helping me out that way. So I, I've been very lucky. The cards themselves seem like there's so much to they're so much different than comic books just be i mean i get lost i mean i collected them but now with grading comics seems much easier of a process than getting a card graded so that whole knowledge and all that um you know you gotta have the right people that you trust and will tell you this stuff so that you don't make mistakes you know yeah i mean i, I have a crazy story um I met a guy who lives in North Carolina and two hours away in Boone or whatever it was. Crazy story. This guy is like the surfer guy, like one of the five or four surfer people, basically original John Buscema, original Kirby's, like original comic art, comic books, the whole series, whole room decked. I mean, you would love it. It's crazy, right? It's just completely decked out surfer, like a crazy surfer dude. Met him by chance. Him and I started talking. He was like, you know, the one thing I never got into was cards. And I am very, I don't spend money on anything else but the cards and, you know, living life and having fun. But like only, only the cards is my collectible because you never know when something rare comes up. And when it does come up, if you're not having the cash and you have to second think it, it's gone and you're not getting it for another five or six years, which is what happens wow. to people a lot. No, it's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's a nutty thing that happens. And I'm, it, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but it's when you get like, like that printing plate, how do you pass on that? Right. Regardless of the pr price, you know what I mean? What, what do you do? Like for this, for instance, um, in, uh, Marvel masterpieces, 2016, Joe Jusco came back after he did the 92 set and did another set of original art for all the cards. And all those cards are numbered. Um, it's called Marvel Masterpieces 2016. It's a very nice set. It's a beautiful set. It's gotten hyped just like PMGs and retro, unfortunately. So it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster for me.
but the art is stunning and beautiful. Well, I collected that set and I was able to find all four of the printing plates for the base card. <laughs> what, like, where, where are you finding these? So that's what I like. How, how did you find these? Okay. So I'll, I'll go <laughs> slow. So no, no, seriously, I'll go slow. So, um, all right. How did this happen? Okay. This is how it happened. So this one was on comp C for 400. No one was paying that because that was stupid money. And everybody was like, there's no reason for this to be 400. Now it's more expensive because people are willing to pay for it, whatever, yada, yada, yada. I'm only telling you guys the prices so you know, you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. And real quick, uh, so JP, if you don't, Comp C is like a card selling platform online. Okay. Basically, like Comic Link. Yeah. Right. So think about it this way what ended up happening with MM16 was that not only was it released physically, but it was released through something called Upper Deck EPAC. And on Upper Deck EPAC, the boxes were there and you could buy them and you would get the physical cards, but you would just open them up digitally. So you would have to ship them to you later, right? Yeah. Or the place that you're, oh, right. Right, it's, it's cool, it's really cool. Yeah, Justin, now, was, Justin was telling us about this on our episode with him a little bit. Very oh. finite number of these boxes type of thing. Right. A lot of the crazy good stuff's been pulled, so don't spend like crazy money on the boxes because a lot of the stuff is gone, unfortunately. Very hard to pull anything good because most of it was kind of, you know, taken for a ride. But um, basically, Comp C handles all of those cards. So when you open your pack digitally and you have the cards and you have them shipped to you, they ship from Comp C. But luckily, Comp C has a website where people who get those cards are like, you know what, I don't want this. I'm going to sell it. They sell it through the Comp C. C-O-M-M-C. And basically you go there and hunt for cards. This was 400 stupid money. No one was like $400 for this, whatever makes sense. It's a black and white plate. You can hardly see the image. There's no reason for anybody to pay $400, except stupid me who's going to pay $400. So I bought that one. This one pops up and I'm like, I'm taking both. I'm going for the rainbow. You know what I mean? I'm on a second plate. I'm going to go for the home run. Well, it takes another year to find this one. It's from a friend who doesn't want to sell it because now it's rare. You know what I mean? And it's a really beautiful plate. has the yeah. ink stain on it. It's a really gorgeous piece. Is that like, is that steel or what is that? Like, is, you say plate, so is it's, it like- There's an alloy metal. So, and it's cut. So it's on the printing plate press. And basically what happens is it gets cut. And that's why you have those circles, the, those, those little cuts. So people won't injure themselves when they open them up in packs. Yeah. And they do that as a safety. And it's basically this card and here's the printing plate. That's dope. Okay. So it takes a long time. I help him get some crazy stuff. I give him a stupid number. I think it was 650. Just so you guys know, 650. He says, all right. And I'm still friends with him today and helped him out in the past. It's turned into a whole friendship type of thing. And I got it. <sighs> this is funny. So remember I showed you this card? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see how it has defenders on here? Yeah. There's four other printing plates that have this logo on with the surfer. I only have the base one, the base rainbow. So there's eight printing plates. I, I can't make this stuff up. There's eight printing plates, but I have the four that make the one base card. My boy, my friend had this card and he knew I needed it for the rainbow, but he didn't want to sell it. He had other cards. It worked for him. He had no interest, but he was like, look, if I ever sell it, you're the first person I ask. Rarely do people ever stay true to that word, but right. good people do down the line of people. Like I put people's names on things just in case, you know what I mean? I'm never going to, I'm 
most likely it's going to be a Viking ship for me. And then someone's going to shoot an arrow and all the shit's going to be on fire. So there you go. <laughs> uh, kidding. Terrible joke. Um, so uh, this thing, he says to me the check it. It's really funny. He says, Hey, if you ever get the, what if version, the one that says defenders on here in blue, we'll just swap. <laughs> Not three months later, I messaged some guy on eBay because he had a Marvel masterpiece cards. And I was like, Hey, by any chance, would you have Silver Surfer? He goes, yes, I have the blue plate and the autograph what if out of 10. But I'm in my jacuzzi. Do you mind if I just take a picture real quick? And I was like, this guy is messing with me. This is not real. His his bath mat is like in a corner of the image. And the two cards are right there on the tile floor in plastic. And he's like, yeah, I got these two. If you want them, we can do a deal. Bang. Really? The craziest eBay story. I bought it immediately. I couldn't pay that guy fast enough. It was embarrassing. I look like I, I, you could probably hear me salivating on, on the phone. It was that bad. So I was like, done. I'll take it. Go up to my buddy. He changes his mind. Says he won't do it. He's too nervous about it. Whatever. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, that's fine. No big deal. Year and a half later, he makes me wait. Eventually says yes. And I get the piece. That took me, timeline-wise, almost four years to complete. Jeez. So my question then, the guys you bought them from Com C, your friend, how did they originally get these plates? Do they like, did they? They pulled them. Oh. oh, they put those in packs. I'm so sorry. My bad. Printing plates after 2012, after Marvel Beginnings in 2011, 2012, were put in the packs and you could claim them. And they're oh. one of those. I'm so sorry. I didn't yeah, know you yeah. So once they once they take that plate and put it in the packs, they can never make that card again unless that person brings the plate the back. And that's the point. Huh. And that that's the idea. That's why I like production pieces like that. So like, yes. it, like I have a printing plate from every set for Silver Surfer. Oh, that is rad. Not so, all of them, but yeah, you know. I, I saw that that FF forty eight one on yeah, your that's on your, the, on your that's post. The, I asked you about that. That's the first what first Silver Surfer one. Yeah, first, that, the, yeah. So, um, do you know what like the ratio, like it, how many plates were there? Like one one plate in five hundred packs. Do you have any idea what the ratio was that they inserted? It's a one of one, honestly. So if you have a plate, you're just lucky to get it. There's not really a ratio. Like you're not guaranteed a plate in a box or a plate in a case. Like it happens, it happens. Type but they hand out all the plates, not just server. Like they handed out all the plates. Hey, that's all, that's cool. All. So all yeah. the ones that they had printing plates of that they decide to do in there and not destroy they put in the packs so we could go on ebay and just search like yeah, marble printing, printing plates and marble, you can do it right now and you'll find tons okay from all different sets nice you've probably cleaned out the silver surfer stock though if you see one let's talk <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i think i i've they're hard to find um surfers back in cards now though so they're gonna yeah. pop i'm gonna miss things like there's gonna be other surfer collectors but that's good though you know what i mean yeah. it, it's good it's good for the character it's it's good for other people to have fun too you know what i mean so, that's a good point though so you collected pre-ban now the ban is off are you going to continue collecting every surfer card that comes out or are you good with the previous i've made some limitations because for me and this might not suit other people so it you know just it just might be for me there's certain things i can't reason with you know just because a colors change and it's out of five or out of one like i have a mandalorian star wars trading card collection that I, I really was really proud of. And I was able to be first day 
picking up those cards. You know what I mean? So I made a really nice, tight micro collection. Surfer, I just did all of it because I was just like, yeah, I just wanted to have something nice to do. And I, you know, I really do love Marvel cards. So it's been really fun to do. Um, but, you know, there's certain things I'm just not going to compromise. Prices that I don't want to. And this is funny because I've spoken to other Silver Surfer card collectors who I've kind of outpaced. And this was stuff they told me like 10 years ago where they're like, yeah, I just don't think $50 for a card is what you should buy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's funny. It's like, and you guys know this with comic books and stuff, you know, people meet their threshold. And yeah. when people meet their threshold, they stop or they refine what they already have. And then good stuff comes up for sale and yada, yada, yada. You know yeah. what I mean? That's just, yeah, the game. I mean, it, it just like that uh, silver surfer versus Thanos card that I showed JP it earlier today too. Like, why that card goes for $1,500, I don't know. No, that's insane. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to look through mine and see if I have anything high I'll just send to you. There's no reason for that card. I know why. It's because people are trying to make 10 sets, like yeah. PSA 10 sets, and they're, they're missing that card probably because that card was probably a rougher cut. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It was just where it was on the uncut sheet where it was cut. It's just it's just the blades hit it wrong or it hit it too short. So it's always you know really they tough. Don't, they don't make an adjustment like – I was listening to Bronze and Modern Gods, and they said about Miracle Man 1 was on um, the way it was cut. It had a crease or something in it. And whenever it gets graded, they, they take that into consideration, and they don't take off the no, grade. With cards, you get dinged for manufacturing you don't, It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So the, the issue here is that some grading companies, and I'm not promoting anybody. I'm not trying to say. I'm just saying what I know. Certain grading companies don't have the knowledge to understand why – they would make that correction. You know what I mean? They don't know Surfer versus Thanos from that uncut sheet where that's located and why that would be get a tougher grade. They're not thinking, oh, because they're not taking it serious enough where they're like, oh, this card usually has this issue. Let's correct this to not drive people insane. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing with CGC. And, and hopefully when people start taking this stuff a little more seriously with Marvel cards, it'll become common knowledge. You know what I mean? So like, for instance, X-Men Marvel Metal Universe, right? X-Men Metal Universe was made during the pandemic. There are tons of issues. You know what I mean? But like, I know CGC for a fact made an effort to make sure that they understood the common errors. That way they're not hurting people on grades too much because if every card has a scratch on it, every card, no, you know, we know that for a fact for certain sets because of the way they're manufactured. We all understand. You know what I mean? Like the 1991... Yeah. We probably don't know for sure if the number's so overwhelming where it was all of them that were cut rough or over 50%. You know what I mean? So there's a little discrepancy there that I think people will take into consideration. But Marvel X-Men Metal, a lot of us would understand yada, yada, yada. Or like cards that are numbered. Some cards that are numbered out of 50, right? Let's say, or let's say 25. Let's say there's a card numbered out of 25 and every 25, every one of those 25 cards has a standard issue. Yeah, I think that should be taken into consideration on the grading because then your grading expectations on the card are unrealistic, right? And I don't know enough about grading by any – you guys know way more about the combo grading, all this stuff. I just don't know it. I know Marvel cards, but I don't know you know, everything about grading. But to my knowledge, that's what would be common practice, but I, I just don't know. You know what That I mean? would make sense. To, I mean, would – I don't know if they make an announcement so that people send them back in to get regraded to try to get those tens. And then that would just screw the market up for anyone who paid 1500 for that Thanos card. I, I mean, think, I think there's a lot of variables there. Um, I think most things money wise 
when people buy collectibles. I think the, and the, the, if this is a tangent, you guys stop me. Okay. Cause I can talk. Um, um, it's not so much about being a collector. It's about being a hobbyist. You know what I mean? Hobbyists understand this stuff about their collections because they take the time to do the research, learn the thing, and they speak to other members of the community that have better information that they do. And then they come together and kind of form that community of information and it strengthens the hobby, right? A lot of times now when we collect things, we're looking at like, oh, there's 86 bids on here. It's at this crazy number. It must be rare. That is very dangerous Mm -hmm. to make assumptions like that. And that's taking a lot of money out of people's pockets. You know what I mean? Like that's a very scary thing. Truly rare things in my experience barely make their ways onto eBay unless it's a mistake. Yeah. It's rare. It's rare for something really, really special, like really crazy unique. Like I got this and it was a stupid lucky thing to get. Um, Stupid, stupid. When I say stupid lucky, I mean really stupid. (laughs) Captain America sketch. Yeah, that's yeah, by Stan Lee, though. Oh, that's by Stan Lee. That's cool. Yeah, I can see the signature. Yeah. That's Stan Lee. Let me show you this thing correctly. That's Stan Lee sketchograph. He only ever did, he did 100 Spider-Man. And then he did 100 of Captain America. That's rad. Now, it doesn't look like much. But anybody who actually collects anything by Stan Lee understands that he is not an artist. He is a writer. Mm-hmm. Right. And they also understand, because I spoke to someone who's been grading comic books for 30 years at CGC, he doesn't draw many things. He's done some Spider-Man stick figures on comic books as remarks and stuff like that. But to have an actual drawing by him, pack pulled, a finite number of them, is pretty, pretty rare. And there's other ones that are even more rare as well and other cards that are pretty crazy. Did you pack pull uh, that one? <laughs> I haven't pack pulled anything, man. I really <laughs> I, I hunt. I'm just I'm just on the ground. I just yeah. hunt. Because I don't I don't I can't like I said, I'm very, very specific about how I spend money on this stuff. And I can't I just can't take the gamble. I love yeah. I love rip. I love ripping. I've had people send me stuff and they're so nice to me and they let me rip it and get my, <laughs> my energy out and yeah, I ship it back to them. Nice. You know, they let me uh, very nice people who let me have those experiences, but you know, yeah. I've pulled a 1990 uh, Marvel universe silver surfer because I saved a pack from when I was a kid. I had two packs that I saved and I opened one recently cause it's for my binder. Cause I have all the sealed packs that surfer was on as well. All the cell sheets, all the promo stuff. I'm telling you, that shit's insanity. And I opened one for fun, and I pulled a surfer. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I was like, all right, cool. That was a good. One. I pulled, I pulled like a surfer. So that was nice. pretty awesome. Nice. So, so then, Fausto, let's talk a little bit like uh, career-wise. Like, once you grew up, have you always been involved with cards, or like, how did you get started in cards? Like, how did this, how did this evolve? Just as a kid, I was just opening cards, and and I only collected Marvel cards, not sports cards. I'm six foot four, and the the rest of that sentence is six four four and nothing. I got nothing. I can't run. I look like a chicken, a headless chicken. I was told I can't dunk. I got nothing, right? Just not a sports guy. And um, I just never was. And I was an AV kid. So like I actually teach screenwriting and film at the university here. So I teach over here at the university. And like my whole life has just been like creative kind of work, film work, things like that. 
but I've always collected cards on the side. And um, I just, I, I became really like, I, I don't know, I, I did that podcast and I was in that Facebook group and I have my own channel and I was one, some of the, I was one of the first people doing all this stuff. So people were just, you know, I was very lucky to be found by CGC and given the opportunity and just card stuff, just an upper deck's been contacting me to like ask me questions about the sets they're coming out with. That was before CGC. And then like, I actually had helped Steve Aoki purchase his Marvel card collection and a few other people who want to buy just coincidence. It wasn't like I was just one of the only people collecting Marvel cards at the beginning and people would hit me up, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff. So So, you don't have any athletic ability, but you already been drafted by one company and then being traded potentially to another company. So I think that's pretty cool and to, to do it that way. My that's rookie awesome. card comes out next week. So just yeah. make sure you guys keep an eye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who gets a call from CGC or Upper Deck? I mean, that's that's I mean, that's something to be very proud of. So yeah, sports don't mean everything. I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool. So, so then tell tell us what that is. So head Marvel card consultant at CGC. What does that mean? What do you do? What's your role? You said you're not a grader, so you're not examining no. the cards. No. No. So, so what, basically what happened, and I'm glad because that seems like a very shit job. <laughs> um, I that seems like a very hard job because I, I've graded students. You know, I've been a teacher for a while at this place, so it's like you know I can understand people being upset with their grades, so I cannot handle that stress. But um, basically, it's a weird title. It's not a title I wanted type of thing because it's a weird way they put like Marvel card, Marvel card expert and consultant. It's weird to be called an expert in anything um, because no, you know. Well, one person knows and the other person might not know. I really do think it's like a group of people. And I just happen to know enough people that if I did have a question, I would know where to find the answer most of the time, like 95% of the time, 90% of the time, I could find it. You know what I mean? So that's the bigger reason. But what they did when they got Pokemon, when they did Pokemon cards and magic cards, is that they went ahead and decided to do something that I thought was pretty smart, where they found someone in the community who knew a lot. And said, hey, help us database, verify cards, look for fakes. What should we be aware of? Give us the lay of the land. And uh, Charlie Collects, who's a friend, who's a very nice, very nice man, um, helped me kind of navigate what this was at first. And he did the Pokemon side. So he was like, oh, they, you know, they're going to do the Marvel Crowd side with you. I just had tons of questions for him. He helped me out. And they hired me to do the Marble Card side. So I kind of knew what I was stepping into and everyone's been super nice. And it's real they're really excited. So I was able to get them with with their help, of course, not by myself, but we were able to achieve a signature series for trading cards. And we did the Todd nice, McFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So was this that, was a was crazy. Was Todd one the first one? Todd's one's first one. I'm working on some others I can't talk about. But are you selling I, that one? Of course. You, two dollars, <laughs> three, three dollars. I got to be Take hard it. about this. I'm Take sorry. It. <laughs> Take it. I appreciate yeah. you not hardballing you. I appreciate that. No, I won't. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Um, basically, awesome. I was telling them, I was like, you know, Marvel car collectors are not just car collectors. They're art collectors. You know, they understand the artists. They know these things. They, you know, they, 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 they don't, they might not know the story of the character, but they know the art style of who drew it. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of the kind of like old school card collectors have that mentality. So I was like, signature series for cards would be great. And Todd McFarlane had never done an official signature. 
You know what I mean? Like I've never done an official signature on cards. You have one from Jim Lee. You have Stan Lee. You have Rob uh, Rob Liefeld. uh, Ron Wilson, I think is his name. Um, I have to find out and make sure. But like, but Tom McFarlane never did. And he had two sets from comic images and they use his art a lot. You know what I mean? So it was just, it just made a lot of sense to get him to sign cards in an official capacity, not just at a con. You know what I mean? So, so I have, a, I have a kind of an interesting question there before you fast. Since you helped set up this Todd McFarlane signing, I was always curious. So I sent comic books into that signing this past year. And if you looked, it said the cost to sign a book was $120. The cost to sign a card was $125. Why was it $5 more? For me, it went all to me. I mean, <laughs> you can't see the mansion I'm living in. Like my jacuzzi's over there. I got like a whole chocolate fondue set just yeah. in the corner. It's crazy. I'm just living it. I mean, I yeah. appreciate you. So yeah. thank you. But you know. Yeah, everyone sent them in, man. Everyone, yeah. It's five just bucks for me. <laughs> I have no That's idea. Awesome. I, I have no idea. I think... I, I, I hate to speculate because I actually just know most of the contract stuff is through the artists and first, uh-huh. you know, all that kind of stuff. So I actually have no clue pricing and what they decide to do. The biggest hurdle for me was I was like trying to convince them that enough people would send in cards to get them signed by Todd because they were How like, people that, send them in? we had a lot, like a lot, a lot, like more, more than they thought that I was making up. <laughs> I mean, they realized real quickly, they're like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of a crazy, amazing thing that people were really excited about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, so just as a, as a kind of a quick story. So I was talking, so did you guys see, there was a guy, I can't who is this on Instagram, but he posted, he has, you know, they have those comic cut cards, right? I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about what Miles has. Okay, let's not bring up. Are you talking about the ASM two ninety nine card? Oh, I know what it is. Black well, suit Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent it to you, JP. If you saw it, it's, 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 it's the image that's on the cover Gorgeous. of ASM three hundred. He got it signed by Todd. It got graded. But anyways, what I thought was funny is I talked to Justin about it, and I was like, dude, have you seen this card? How sick is this? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, I what do you mean? About- and he's like, he's like, I saw that card on eBay with me. Oh, well, really? he's like, he was like, he was, like yep. he was in my cart at New York Comic Con and I didn't hit buy and someone else had bought it. We were dying. We, you should have seen us. We were laughing our asses off. So I arranged for CGC to do Marvel cards at New York Comic Con. And I got a buddy of mine who owns a lot of the original art for comic, for the cards to bring it to the show. And we put on a whole display of all the original comic book art, the Hildebrandt, a Joe Justco, the first black suit Spider-Man card. The original art was there and we put them next to the cards. Great. It was sick. It was awesome. We did box breaks. It was a great thing. Cause you go to these cons, there's no Marvel cards ever anywhere. And then I also handed out this stuff, which were sample slabs with different Marvel cards. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, so we're at this dinner, which we're at this event. Justin's there. We're at this dinner. I see the card on eBay and I think to myself, that's a great card. That might be one of the best comic cuts I've seen. I should just pay the $1,200. I think it was $1,200, right? Or something like that. It was stupid. And I was like, I'm, I'm, maybe I should just buy this thing and just hold on to it. Maybe it's just a nice buy. It's a lot of money. I don't usually do this, but it's a nice looking card, which happens to me every once in a while because I, I can't help myself. Justin is on the other side of the table doing the same thing, just sitting there on his phone. And I didn't realize it at the time. And he's just there. He's like, 
like doing the numbers and it, it, I died when I figured it out because I was like what the what is this guy buying like what is he thinking about and then we ended up talking to each other and everybody at this table all Marvel card collectors you should see them all looking at their phones looking at this one card because we all know what we're doing and we're all like talking and then one of them's just like man did you see this card and everybody's like oh man are you gonna get it and it was I was dying because everyone was having the same thought and then Miles from Canada Namor collector nice guy Nice yeah, stubby, stubby something right on Instagram. Stubby, Miles, super, super sweet guy. He's not stupid. And he's a Spider-Man collector, black suit Spider-Man collector specifically. He's not dumb and he just does it. I tell I tell Todd at the signing where I messaged, you know, people at CGC who were there with him. And I was like, when Todd signs the comic cut, be very gentle because I didn't want the paper to move. So yeah. I was freaking out because I knew people would send comic cuts and I knew that one was there. And I was like, I hope it comes out super beautiful and it did i mean he, he killed it i mean it's just yeah a beautiful, it's it's, beautiful it's, it's card. incredible it's an incredible card it's incredible. Um, so i have two questions actually about that card you just showed so those were like the first sample cgc cards graded why did they not put a grade on why do they just put sa essays for sample i know but why not just put a grade on it and then you could just put on the, the label sample because in a way it was a bunch of cards that they had purchased and then i had given them a bunch of mm16 cards that i had uh, that I bought. And basically it was a way to show how the slab sat on the card. And it was the very first Marvel cards they ever graded. Yeah. So it was almost like test encapsulation stuff. You know what I mean? They were checking condition, doing all this stuff. So it's more of like a production run, like a, a tester. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, just kind of a funny, interesting kind of connected story here. So I've told you and I've told JP this. So like when it comes to server cards, my initial goal is to collect every surfer card and character appearance card from the 1990, 1991, 1992 sets. In the 1992 set, the only one I'm missing is the coming of Galactus card. And, so sorry. and, I, and I want, I want it. I want them in, you know, ideally, you know, I want them in 10. So sorry. And, and it's, I, the, I'm not seeing that in a, in a 10 anywhere. And I, you know, I very rarely see them graded. And so I post on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm looking for this card, PSA 10, blah, blah, blah. And then someone tags me on someone else's post and it's the SA card of that card. And in the caption, it's like, thank you to my good friend Fausto for gifting me this card. <laughs> and I was like, and I even put a comment, like, is this for sale? And he's like, sorry, no, I'm keeping this one with me. It's one of the, I was like, oh. That guy is a G. That guy is a scary guy. That guy is a super, super, one of the nicest people I know. He collects Star Wars at a level that's inhuman. Vintage Star Wars. Crazy stuff. Hey, he has the very first cards that were ever graded for Star Wars in CGC. Like he 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 is a monster collector. Crazy, crazy nice guy. But I was laughing when I saw you comment and I was like, oh my God, this poor guy. Because I was keeping that card and then keeping the one I showed you. And I was just gonna keep both of them. They were the only two surfers because I'm a greedy, you know, prick. And I kept them both. <laughs> and then he was so nice and he loves surfer like you and me all hail the board. You know what I mean? You and me yeah. are like surfer. He's a surfer dude. And we knew each other for a while. And he's been just been so good about like showing me stuff with star Wars. Cause I collect like modern Mandalorian stuff. And he taught me everything I knew about, know about vintage really. And I was just like, you know what? I can't hoard. <laughs> I can't hoard all the surfers. So I sent him that one, but Wait, I was what dying. Was, what was the one that you have there that which card was that? That's prism. So that's the Surfer 1992. That's his all Prism set. That's his only. Oh set yeah, that those are those cards are. I there's a couple of those like 
there's one that's like the cover from Silver Surfer 4 that I want. Yeah, like, yeah, that set is awesome. Yeah, and this is the Silver Surfer card. So it says Silver Surfer. It's like the character card. So yeah. I, I kept this one. Yeah, see, and you can see on the back it says, uh, sorry, my camera. It says New York Comic Con on the yeah. top here. So. so they just handed those out to random people there at New York Comic Con? I handed them out to random oh. people. <laughs> Whoever came up and looked at the art and was like, oh, man, I remember Marvel cards in the 90s. I gave him the choice of a character and gave him one. And they were like asking their friends, can my friend get one? I was like, sure. It was great. They were super oh, nice man. people. That's it awesome. was fun. It was, very, it was nice because I, I would have died if I was at a Comic Con and I finally found Marvel cards like that. For the first because they're never there you know what i mean like if yeah. i had that experience my head would have exploded we we talked to justin about this i was saying like you know i've only been to a, a handful of cons and they've all been out here where i'm at in seattle there's never any marvel cards there no and so Same. i'm always curious about where these cards and then i heard that because he's got like four or five of those sa cards and so how's that I thought that was really cool slick 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 got them for friends got them yeah. for friends he told me Got them for friends, but he he snagged he snagged one or two because people were you know some people didn't come by so it was the last day and he was like can I take one more one more turned into two and I was like mm, it's okay most, <laughs> some people did that I think there's only like 200, 220 of those sample awesome. slabs running around but it was fun that's awesome um, so kind of going back to your work so one of the questions I had was how does like and this is not just card related this is comic book related. And maybe this is what, you know, this kind of sounds like what your job is. Like, I'm always very impressed and kind of blown away. With like, what is this information database that CGC has, right? You could send in, you know, random, you know, Flash 262 Spanish version. And like, they'll have that on the label. And I'm always just like, how do they know all of these different items? And I guess that's probably what you do as a Marvel card consultant. So you research have this database like and you can identify is that so is that what we're, we're talking about here so there are good people there who also do some do their research and are very professional so i'm the one who kind of gives a really good overview and the really rare and the really obscure stuff and then they fill out like obvious blanks and like even find some obscure stuff too it's very a team effort type of thing but that's why they would call me in and be like hey i saw this is this an actual card or is this not a card do we actually grade this? Do we not grade this? And that was, you know, that was where I came in to make those kind of decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. And is this, so you teach as well. So is this a full-time job or and are you able to? It is a full-time job. I'm, I'm the teaching stuff has, you know, slowly come to an end type of thing. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a full-time gig right now, you know, hopefully, hopefully for a long time, I'm, I'm enjoying it very much and it's been a very nice, you know, experience for sure. So, I don't know, having a lot of fun doing it. I'm very, I'm very lucky to do it. I try to like, I try to make sure that other people in the community who are not working the job can, you know, who have like people who are like certain collectors of certain sets. I'll be like, Hey, what do you consider as this is important? This is not important. Like people who've been collecting one set for like five, six years, 10 years, 20 yeah. years. I make sure not to like, I go out of my way to try not to make all the decisions based on my personal taste you know what i mean like some things some things are common knowledge some things are specialized knowledge so i try to like you know what i mean i try to make it a balance if i can yeah that's awesome i mean that that i mean so i i would definitely get down with that job like just sitting there just, oh, it's oh, fun yeah. man it's, it's nice it's, it's a good gig it's a really yeah, good gig. I, yeah. it's like a dream job for nerds i mean I gotta yeah tell you, I'd, totally, I'd love exactly. to have a job like that i mean it's i try really know. hard to make sure that everyone also gets to have like part of it 
like that was the whole thing of having original art in New York. Like that was not an easy thing to set up. Like I graded Joe Jesco's 1966 Marvel vintage set. So having Joe on there and him talking about his cards and Joe Jesco's the artist for the 1992 Marvel masterpiece set, which is just one of the most iconic sets in Marvel cards. And, um, grading his cards through there was kind of like showing people was like, Hey, we have to treat the King, <laughs> you know what I mean? Super nice and stuff yeah. like that. So it was, it was just a way to like, I don't know. I'm always trying to pay, play, pay tribute to everybody with this stuff because it is kind of, um, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it is a singular job, but I'm trying to make sure everyone in the community is having some. And you're, you said you're in North Carolina. CGC yeah. is obviously in Sarasota. So you're not actually ever there handling the cards. You're I've gone there a few times, but like handling the Marvel cards. No, like I've been there to see the process, to understand it, to help and stuff like that, but not like, I look at cards through a database, you know, at times, yeah. but I'm definitely not like cards in hand. You know, they, they don't want the kid in the candy shop type of thing, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I got to look up Jusco, Joe Jusco. You said, I don't, I don't know that name from. When you see the artwork, you'll, you'll when you see the set, you'll remember, but Joe Jusco. Yeah. J U S K O. You know, uh, speaking of Joe Jusco, I, I'm not a huge um, modern comic book collector, but yeah. there was a run, uh, Silver Surfer Black, which was a five series issue. And Trad Moore, Trad Moore. Yeah. But okay, of, yeah, the, of the number one issue, um, Joe Jesco has a variant cover, and it is of it's an homage to Silver Surfer Four, which is my favorite Silver or Silver Age cover period. That's right, um, and it's awesome. And I I looked for it, and I I, I, I can't find it. He killed it. That you can't find the variant. I was. I should have picked up copies. I, I, I was doing the card stuff, like I said, and I tried very hard not to touch. Like I read all of Black. Oh my God, dude, Black was so good, and that variant cover is gorgeous. Joe kills yeah. it though. Like he kills it. Like here is a, um, here is a sketch card, by the man himself. Oh, that's rad. What year is that from? So he did this in 17, but this was as he did six, he did nine cards. Uh, when he did the set, he did the set and some, he didn't get a copy of the set from upper deck, but someone gifted him a set of the 90 card set he drew and they gifted it to him. So as a fa as a, as a gift, Joe gave him nine sketch cards and one of them was silver surfer and the guy decided to sell it for some bizarre reason. So I picked it up. Nice. So it's just, just, you know. There's there's other sketch cards that Joe has done, pack inserted sketch cards from Joe. They're just impossible to find. Um, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, it's 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 cool, man. Like the artwork, he does phenomenal artwork. He's a legacy. He it was the you know 1992 was the first set to ever show us what like characters looked like would look like in the real world, right? Yeah. Like it was oh, the yeah. MCU. Like Alex Ross. Right. There you go. It was the MCU before the MCU. It was like, oh, this is what they would look like if they were real. You know what I mean? Like Joe did that for the cards. And that's what became like every kid was like, oh, wow, I can imagine this now. I can see this. It looks like a costume is on their skin. You know what I mean? Like it's very, yeah, it's, it, now it, those, it's different mentality. Those cards, though, they made those a couple of them into comics, right? The masterpiece. Yes, they did. So Not they all used, of them, though, right? Not all of them. So, like, remember the Jim Lee ones, the X-Men ones? They did the same thing where they had those comic books where he had all the images that were also on the cards. Uh, he did – they had cover – they used them as comic book covers. They had those four Marvel Masterpiece comic books where they showed all of the art 
there's a bit, been a, a few different variations of things they've done with that card art for comic books. And so pretty cool. You know, I just, just, uh, oh, ahead, well, I was just going to say, it was just Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, who else? Um, Sabretooth was there only four of the masterpiece books, but they had a whole set of cards. Yeah, year. I think one of them was Ghost Rider. Is that right? Yes, Ghost Rider, Sabretooth, I think, Spider-Man, and uh, I forget. But I found a couple of them in a, in a box of stuff I bought. And um, so when I saw the image of Spider-Man, that clicked. But I didn't see those other images. I did not see those. I don't remember those. So No, I mean, it's it's definitely like a trip down memory lane when you start going through. It's crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something I I will ask you about this because I, I don't know anything about it, but this came in. I bought something, an online auction I won, and I got this. This is I don't think this is worth much of anything, but it's just like a Fleer nice. Spider-Man. I'm sure they came a bunch of them, but it's a cool Venom picture. Um, Dave DeVries. That's who it is. Okay, I was wondering who the guy was at the bottom here. It looks like Danny DeVito. It looks like. <laughs> so Dave DeVries did the, drew the Venom. The guy at the bottom – forget is that sharker shocker let me see a little closer uh jackal. jackal 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 yeah and then you got the two spiders you got black cat you got hobgoblin yeah yeah that's a good set man so basically that is a nine page promo sheet and there's the promo oh that's cool black. it's a great i mean there's surfer ones um it's it's dug up i'll show you guys privately if, if you're interested in seeing that craziness but like there's tons of sell sheets and like posters and things like that like that's the stuff that's really fun is finding those things intact or finding where they were inserted in i mean there's pretty cool stuff so people will try to cut up those cards and yeah, grade them ones. but you can see you the can. back that one's clearly you can see the back yeah you wouldn't be able to say that was one a card because it would no, be no, cut no. around that because but. you would know immediately where it's from the diamond ones should be the same but you know people don't know huh yeah, yeah but it was i mean I remember baseball cards and they had all of those extra bells and whistles, you know, the old 86 tops card yes. were just plain. The Brown border was ugly as hell and it had the little trophy if you were a rookie. But then as they, in the nineties, all those cards, just like the comics had all the foil and whatnot. So this one reminded me of the nineties cause it's that, that same look. Um, same of that, look. Yeah. I, that I, JP, I, I, I remember that. those like with those sports cards. It's like, it's like there was some brands in the nineties. It was like, tops and don russ it was like it yeah. was like very like bland but then you yeah. get like upper deck and skybox, skybox. and Fle Fleer ultra or something like that i'm like ooh, these things are was it? but tops had the top stadium club cards that yeah were yeah, like yeah those glossy. were nice. yeah 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 but all anything that was like gloss it's like man these are the cards you want yeah yeah, yeah that's so that's why when those marvel masterpiece cards came out it was like whoa glossy and they all stick they all stick you buy a box now you're lucky if they don't cards don't stick together because they're yeah. glossy they really like they peel apart so it's harder to find them like there's boxes still around because they made three hundred and fifty thousand of the 1992 marvel oh. masterpiece boxes crazy number but the problem is you know yes people had them but who was grading marvel cards back in the day maybe three or four people but everyone you know it's so funny i hear this story all the time where people get out their binds goes i got i open these from packs and put them in a binder sleeve they're they're 10 they're automatic 10s <laughs> and that's fine like I don't think people have to grade at all. I think if they're a 10 to you and they matter in the binder and you like them, then there's no reason to compare. You just be happy with what you have. But, you know, these cards are printed off. So many were printed. Color, manufacturer errors, you know, 
uh, off centering, you know, dented corners. You know, there's just a lot of stuff that happens to these cards in the in in between stages. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, yeah. I found out read. Oh, go ahead, JV. No, go ahead. I cut I your This is kind of like a tangent question, but since you work for CGC, two two things. Do you one get free grading for your things, <laughs> and two, do you have a friends and family discount? <laughs> So the first thing is they give me everything free because I'm so amazing. You know oh, what I mean? I'm nice. just so wonderful of a person. You were drafted. They have to get yeah. it to I mean, you. You were drafted. Base PSA gives it to me for free. BGS gives it to me for free. It's, it's a crazy thing. I'm just so awesome. Um, the second thing, friends and family, <laughs> when I send in cards, I say to all my friends, like, hey, use my name and just put friends and family and you'll get the, the major discount. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's nothing like that. Like, you know, you get like employee discounts and stuff, but I can't sell any of the cards I grade with CGC or anything like that. So there's yeah. like, you know, there's you little things like that. No, I don't sell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that anyway. That'd be really unethical. Like you, you sign they, something that you, you can't, you sign that you can't sell a car that they graded. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it anyway, but like. I guess you had the conflict of interest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah but you I didn't, mean, he didn't grade it though. He didn't. He he didn't. Grade I didn't it. grade it. I mean, yeah, there's. Uh, but like, for me personally, like, it's very. How can I uh, say this? Like, so, if I was gonna, sorry, go ahead, my friend. I was gonna say we we the episode hasn't come out yet, but we interviewed Steve Borak um, two weeks ago, uh, and so he was the first president at CGC, and that was one of the things he told us. He's like, when they hired me, I sold off all my collection because I couldn't be thought of as biased towards certain things that's smart uh, so, so it's kind of like the same same kind of concept here that's smart that's really smart yeah it's a blind send-in so they don't know my name when i send stuff in or what anything like that so there's not like and I, I don't think any of the I, it's not like i have a brother-in-law working there at the grading thing you know what i mean it's not like anything weird like that or like a best buddy yeah, you're not in florida you're i mean you're sending from north carolina so right yeah. right so it's not like they know what cards are coming in or anything like that to give me like a better grade but like personally i would never in a million years like ethically like that would be crazy you know what i mean like i've never sent the only things i've sent in were like surfers for this, you know what I mean? And who the hell is going to buy this? <laughs> you know what I mean? You people, you know, when you I care know somebody will buy these, he's right this way. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <buy it. laughs> That's who buy all that stuff in that box. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, the surfer collection, like I've had cards and sold cards and done stuff like that, but you know, I have, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I haven't sold things or I bought things and I was like, oh, no one's looking at this This is super rare. And then eventually traded it towards a surfer or, you know, sold it for something, you know, it's the game, you know what I mean? But I've never done, like, I think I've graded like 20 cards with them or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's fresh. It's still new. You know what I mean? I haven't kind of abused it. I just, just filling out this collection because in my head, this is like my creative thing that I'm doing is building the surfer collection. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to transition to a different topic, but related. But JP, sure. do you have any uh, comic questions or card questions left? I have a question, but it may go off on a tangent, so we don't have to go down that road. I just one of the things that I, as a collector for bronze and silver age, we just want to have a graded copy. It doesn't have to be a nine eight, but mm. there seems to be a huge push in cards to have a ten. And you know, for me. I see a lot of yours are not graded. They're in those, you know, you know, undestructible containers you have them in, right? So they're <laughs> yeah. they're not graded, but you know, they're 
there you're that's that's like the way of putting him in a in um those frames or whatnot like you're not i don't know if you're gonna get him graded but you got him protected yeah to me just having the card itself like i can't see a huge difference between a nine and a ten because it's so subjective it becomes subjective it's very very subjective yeah i think personally you know what i mean i don't know I mean, there are things you notice and things that can be distinguished between a nine and ten, like for sure. Like I've seen cards that are just slightly off center, and I've seen a card that's super centered and has a ten. Or sometimes I've seen cards that are super centered have and super off centered and have a ten. And I'm like, what's going on here? I think, uh, for me personally, and you know, aside from who I work with, and you know, I think I think every people work at these jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's not like a machine doing this stuff. And the tr- the harsh truth of this is that so much of grading matters to people because there is a benefit to the value of grading certain things. In my mind, the reason I have the graded collection is just to authenticate it. I'm in a position now where I bought most of my surfer cards before the boom. So I was, you know, and I wasn't spending a lot of money on other things. So I just happened to put together the collection. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like, I didn't, there's things I've done this for where I thought, oh, this is going to be crazy expensive. There's no reason why this should be this cheap. I'll buy it and hold on to it. If someone wants it, I'll trade for it. I'll do it. I've done that. I've played that game. But like, this is not that game. This is more just like my, my stuff. You know what I mean? This is just for me in my head to enjoy this stuff because no one's going to buy the silver surfer master collect, you know what I mean? Like that's insanity. You know what I mean? No one, no, like I've seen tons of character collectors try to sell their collections, either like sad stuff, you know, if they're sick or something like that, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, something with a family member or it's just, they're older and they want to get rid of it and they have the hardest time selling this stuff. So I made sure not to ever put myself in a position where it was going to be that for me. You know what I mean? So the stuff I collect is, you know, I, anyway, there's a balance, but in terms of grades and stuff, and basically the serious question you're asking is, you know, how, you know, why in cards does it always have to be a 10 compared in books that are just very old and very difficult to find in any grade just to own the book in a grade and to say it's the authentic book is good enough for me. Eventually it will be like that for cards, but you have to remember the oldest trading card right now is 1966 Don Russ. You know what I mean? Yeah. That 66 is not, yeah, you know what I mean? And 66 is not, you know, AF15 is what year is AF15 again? 62. Superman was 38, 39. So, I mean, like when you go to the DC stuff, it gets a little older. You know what I mean? But the problem is that cards, they are handled similar to comic books. They're just meant to be fun. You know what I mean? So, that's how they're collected, especially the 66 set. Like you could write on the 66 set because it has like, Enter caption here, yeah. Right, so you would mess those up. So I think people are all about tens right now because grading cards, especially Marvel cards, is young. But I think eventually people will just be like, oh, at least I have this card in my collection. That's really cool. And that's kind of where I'm at right now in my head is I'm just like, yeah, I have tons of tens and it's a privilege for sure to say that and be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm totally cool. Yeah, of course you are because you have the tens. Yeah, I get the logic there, but I'm. it's not like, like the 1500 you're talking about for that Silver Surfer versus Thanos. <laughs> there's no way in hell. You know what yeah. I mean? No, there's no, no chance I would. No I would. chance of that ever happening. So like for that, I'd be like, I'm just going to get an eight and be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that and that and that's, 
again, like I said at the very beginning of this, is like thresholds. You know what I mean? You figure out where you are and you become okay with it. Yeah. But the drop off from an eight to a ten or from a ten to an eight is huge. Yeah. Whereas it's not that way in comics as much. A nine eight down to an eight is probably a huge difference, but a nine zero and an eight or a six would because be having Iron Man Iron Man number one and it's six zero. I'm happy with that grade. That's sick. Um, you know, but because you have pages, you have you have page quality. You have different things that can go in there. Things that can be cut out, like the value stamps. Things that could be, you know, coloring degradation, stains on page five and six instead of the front cover that you couldn't tell. You know what I mean? There's a, quite a lot of things that are taken into account on those scales. So when you look at the scales for cards, yes, the drop from ten to eight is a big one because that means you probably have a dent in the surface, mm-hmm. and there's only two surfaces to a card: the front and the back. So that's fifty percent of the damage. See what I mean? Yeah, but like if you if you had a Silver Surfer versus Thanos and an eight versus the ten at fifteen hundred, what's the eight cost? Well, I'll tell you the the nine the nine you can get on eBay for forty five dollars. So it's it's that's what the, that I think that because that's I'll tell a, you exactly why. Easy, easy, easy. It's not it's not complicated. It's because the amount of audience for the ten far exceeds the audience for yeah. nines and eight sets. Yeah. There's only maybe, I'm going to make up numbers. I'm making numbers. 10 people. No, I do actually probably know the number of this. There's probably like 25, 30 people trying to make a PSA 10 set of 1990 Marvel Universe, which is really the first set of Marvel cards to have original art by actual Marvel card artists. writers and artists. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of a big deal set. So I understand why it's such a Hallmark set. And it's the first time we had holograms, inserts, yada, yada. And it's made by Marvel. There's maybe like 30, 25 people collecting the 10 set. You know how many people are collecting the nine set? Two. Yeah. It's that kind of drop off. However, however, this is the trick. Eventually, there won't be tens anymore. And that 30, 25 number will really only be about 10 to 12 people who could pull it off. That means the nine audience who can't pull off the tens starts growing and that audience becomes even larger than how many people yeah. who were able to put in the 10 because the price point the entry point becomes impossible so you're just looking contextually right now what's happening here is that it's just audience number difference in my mind and i, I don't know yeah that's just an assumption so if yeah. the person who can't finish the 10 set right and so he's going to move he or she's going to move to the nine does he unload the ten set to somebody Always. else, or does he have Always. a ten and a nine? You can't have no. you can't have intermingled no. ten and nine set. I had someone going for the MM ninety six Marvel Masterpiece nineteen ninety six, which is one of the most desirable sets. Beautiful set, going for the tens, going for the tens, um, and going for the ten. I have the only pop one ten for the duel. I think it's oh. still a pop one. Yeah, that the one on the the one in your right hand is on eBay for nine hundred fifty dollars for a ten. This one, the base, yeah, because there's yeah. pop four. Yeah, so people make this set quite a bit, and what ends up happening is because the price point's super high right now. I had someone who was going for a ten set. They were maybe shy twenty cards, twenty five cards, but it was impossible. They were like, "This is a nightmare. I'm not interested in this anymore." And what happened over the course of three months? Tens being let go. Tens. And people who are making their sets, I'm missing Namor. Done. They bought it and it was over. And then what ends up happening now is what he's doing is collecting nines. 
and he ha- he's close to finishing the nine set. But that that's the, I have those conversations every day with people who have to like reevaluate, you know? So what is the entire set of nine worth versus an entire set of 10? Like as a whole, it's worth a ton more because it's an entire set of tens, you, you know, and that's just yeah, astronomical so in price. And what ends up happening here is because a lot of these cards are like pop one to pop two, meaning there's only like two gem mint 10 cards or one gem mint 10 card type Jesus. of thing. Yeah. So what ends up happening with a lot of people right now is that the 10 sets are not being sold because a lot of people haven't finished them. So they can't, you know, people who go out for this are not trying to finish it and sell for the most part, usually flippers and people who, you know, people who are just looking to entry, get in, get out, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people who are collecting these things are actually collecting them because they want to. So it's not like they're in a rush to finish the set. So it's just patience. But what eventually happens is right now, if someone sells a nine set, it's obviously going to be lower than a 10 set, maybe like 5X, 10X, who knows? But that X, 5, 10, 20X difference is all going to start switching over when it's impossible to find a 10. All of a sudden, the nine is actually going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. Because the tens will never have to surface. That's the trick. You know, you, what people forget, and you guys know this stuff because you guys, you guys are collectors. People forget this stuff does not have to surface. Like certain things, good stuff. Now, you guys know what I mean by good stuff, especially you in the comic books, JP, right? You know the good mm-hmm. stuff rarely pops up. And if it yeah. does, people know. You know what I mean? Like you got, well, you know, you know what I mean? Like you guys understand. So eventually what would happen is because the audience will increase change in temperament and, and, and thresholds and money and all that stuff, eventually things become more expensive, harder to find, deep six. And it becomes, yeah, it's like um, Errol, one guy we've interviewed before. He he told me that there are two action comic ones in the world that are graded 9.0. Those are the two highest graded ones in the world. Most valuable comic out there. Both are owned by the same guy. He said. And he said they'll never see the light of day again. That's what happens. <laughs> that's what I mean. And that's the scariest part about cards being serial numbered. A lot of people stack, and they stack them. If there's like 25 of the card hard numbered. Each card's hard number, one out of 25, two out of 25, three out of 25. They grab as many as they can find. Yeah. And they don't let them go. I've been part of like helping people. I've been part of brokering deals with people who are who own cards that were out of five. And they could ask basically for whatever they wanted. And it's and it's a stupid, it's a stupid thing because what ends up happening, you know, people I remember having this conversation with somebody. Um, who was buying this stuff. And they said to me, they were like, and I was telling them, I was like, you know, but this card here is like, this card's this special because of X, 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 X. You know what I mean? Yeah, but is it hard numbered? And I was like, no, it doesn't have to be because it actually has this, this, and this, and this. And they were like, well, that, how do you tell people that immediately? How do people get value quickly? And they get value quickly by understanding a hard number. So there's this weird hierarchy when it comes to investing, especially serial numbered cards. And that's kind of where the hobby right is right now, is that people's value on serial number cards is extremely high. You know what I mean? And I fall prey to it too. Like, I mean, it happens to everybody. Like I bought the green PMG, you know what I mean? This most expensive card I've bought, like this, this piece of cardboard here, numbered out of 10, cost me X amount of dollars. And I reasoned it because I couldn't find it. Scarcity. Right? All right. And what people do, they're not stupid. They say, oh, that's out of 10. 
hell, each one's like $200. It just came out. I have tons of money. I'm not going to hurt for it. I'll buy all three that I find or anything on eBay. And they just do, 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 do. And then they use it for trade or they keep it or they, yeah. So eventually it just becomes, you know, pay, a pay to play kind of issue, um, which is a shame, you know, because I mean? they're great cards and it's really fun. And, you know, you know, you know how this stuff is. You guys understand this whole stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, the big boy game, I guess, in a sense, because that's what it becomes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, we should probably get close to wrap it up here as we're coming up on ninety minutes. But but Fausto, I want to first. It, it, if if your answer is no here, it doesn't go any further. But are you a fan of the MCU movies and things like that? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, so let's get this real quick. Let's spend a few minutes. Silver Surfer. We're obviously dying to see. Do you have any? theories hopes how you want this to play out like give us a little take here so okay real quick because i know we're running out so uh i am excited about a surfer film i really hope galactus is not a cloud because i will riot. <laughs> yeah oh yeah um, that's 100 100 100 i think we can all agree on that uh we saw internals we saw what they could look like galactus is going to be great they'll handle it well Silver Surfer being a special presentation type of thing would be fantastic. Those rumors. I think he's going to be played by the guy who is the Norwegian guy from True Blood, the tall guy who's blonde. He was also in Succession. He was Wait, one which of guy those... Succession? Um, so he's not part of the family. He's in the other company. He's tall guy, blonde hair, Asgard. It's, um, I forget his name. Skinny oh, guy. Skarsgård? That's it. I think they're going to. I love I think suggestions. Gonna, That's my favorite show. That's but, a great uh, show. Seeing the Northman. That's it. The Northman. I should have said that. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So he, I think he'll be tapped for Surfer, which would be cool. But I think anybody can be tapped for Surfer, which is, will be a nice thing. Because um, Surfer is really a character who's like, you know, who kind of sacrifices himself and becomes, you know, entangled in this moral dilemma of sacrificing planets and having to pick, you know what I mean? Like it's a horrible thing that person has to do. And I think anybody, any, any, anybody of any born of anything could play that kind of character and pull off that kind of sadness. You know what I mean? It's very universal. So I'm excited to be, to see that in the, in the mix of it. It broke my heart to watch end war and infinity end game and infinity and see captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Cause you know, like infinity Bruce Banner falls through Dr. Strange's window but in the book, it's Surfer who falls through Doctor Strange's window. So those you should see me in the theater. I was like, yeah. just show him already. I was dying because like all these things in the comic books from Infinity Wars and stuff like that, or you know whatever it is. You know, I kept seeing these moments like Captain Marvel showing up out of space and going through the ship. I was like, that should be Surfer. This is yeah. like all yeah. like this is like you know. And I love Captain Marvel. I love all the things they're doing. They're wonderful. But it's funny to see all the surfer moments being played by other people. So I'm interested to see how they handle surfer. You know yeah. what I mean? Was the surfer part of the Secret Wars? No, Galactus was. But yeah. was he part of the 2015 one? That I don't know. No. So that's what I'm not. wondering is because they wasted all the good scenes in Endgame that he could have been in. He could have been in. And maybe they'll take somebody else out of it to use him in Secret Wars because... I I mean, the incursion thing I think could be awesome if you use if you do it right, and Surfer can be huge in that and maybe make up for what he missed. Um, I think they they're gonna have to go one or two ways with Surfer. It's either gonna have to be Harold Surfer, where he's kind of lost his humanity and he's just picking planets and just going for it, kind of like before Forty Eight, right? Where Jack Kirby 
uh, initial thought for Surfer was that he was just an entity. You know what I mean? He was just an entity. He didn't really have a personality or anything. It was Stan Lee who gave him that personality. You know what I mean? 48, 49, 50. That's kind of where you see that. And Surfer 1 is where you really understand who he is as a as a hero, as a person. Um, so they're either going to go pre-48 and have him just be a total badass and destroying stuff, scary, scary kind of creature, Frankenstein's monster type of thing. Or he's going to be past all that multiverse some kind of strange parallel thing where he would be tapped on the shoulder and they're like who's this peaceful creature this peaceful person you know hanging out like in the fantastic four animated series remember when he's hanging out with all the animals and stuff yeah, like that yeah, like, yeah. i think they'll either catch him there or they'll catch him as a herald well I so the, the latest rumors i saw this week is that it's you know confirmed we'll say the rumor is that the Fantastic Four movie is going to be Galactus and Silver Surfer. So, That's what I heard, too. Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you think maybe Silver Surfer will be the bad guy and then turns into a good guy by the end of the movie? But yeah, I, that's, the, I mean, that's kind of how the, the trilogy worked, right? Silver right. Surfer came, yeah. no one knew what he was. Like, and, but that's what they did in Rise. Like, like you can't you can't do Rise. the same trick twice. Rise of the Silver Surfer. Like, he was the, he was the bad guy, and then the he Fantastic turned Four into movie, Fantastic Four. Sorry, oh. the Fantastic Four second movie, Your Eyes of the Silver Surfer. Like, yeah, but that's not canon. We can just get rid of that stuff and no, start off fresh, people right? People know. People know. Like, there's an opportunity here. The best stories are told when you meet a character at a point in their story that things have already happened right it's not when things are about to happen that are interesting right the best thing about certain mcu movies like for instance one of the best mcu movies which is not canon i know is logan it's one of the best superhero movies ever made is logan hands down there's in my mind there's no doubt about this and it's because we meet logan wolverine at a stage in his life at the end of it right a story that's never really been told it was told with x23 in the comic books and stuff like that but with like with him at the end of it, you understand all that, you know, all those things that were in his head, all those things that kind of made sense and all those things he's had to grapple with over the years. That was a very interesting story. If they started from the beginning and introduced Surfer like we've never seen him before, I think they're missing they're missing a trick there. They're missing they're missing what they can really do with a character of that kind of power cosmic magnitude. You know what I mean? Like it's just you're gonna miss no. that moment. There are so many fans of Surfer. That he has to come in right, right and, exactly. And That's why you can't they redo have to this, sweep this landing with him. They can't. No, you can't, can't tell the story. story. Nah, no, yep. no, no, no. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah, he, he's he was one of. I mean, again, he wasn't my favorite character, but damn near, he was the coolest cosmic guy out there. And I was thinking, for 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 them to pick a guy that's a, on a surfboard. In, I, in the cosmic like that's just a crazy make it do ingenuity just riding I mean, around on a surfboard like it's a I, yeah. weird thing but it's i, I, mean, it's, I, it, I think I about it. like when I love Surfer, fantasy 448 was 1966 yeah and like i always think like think how like out of the box that, that idea was, crazy was box. right yeah. like because you had superman he was from another planet sure but like this like whole co- like it was like a totally original new thing and like I, it would have been just awesome like you know you used to read the stuff that was in the 60s and then all of a sudden bam you see that you're like whoa yeah and he's so simple he's just silver he's just silver and he's he has just a surfboard silver. there's not a whole lot to it and then like surfer 2 when he was like originally made or like when mobius drew him or like trad Moore, he's not built with muscles you know what i mean all this stuff so i hope they bring it back to kind of just like 
like it's a body, but it's not like super defined. Like I like the idea of him being alien like more than like, oh, it's a naked go- naked dude in silver. You know what I mean? Like so you kind of like, like an mean. idea of like a, a was it T one thousand for Terminator two? Like that kind of oh, liquid kind of. That was so oh, yeah. sad. Do you remember when that movie came out, Judgment Day? I saw that as a kid and I was like, we're this close to having Surfer. Like this <laughs> close. We have the technology. Oh, yeah, they made him. Yeah, they, uh, that's right. Yeah. The kids who were surf uh, had the skateboard or whatever when they were doing the yep. production. Yeah, I remember seeing that as a kid. I was just like, he's right there. <laughs> and then you had to wait 10 years and you got the <laughs> shitty version of him. And yeah. Fantastic and it's a shame because like Doug Jones killed it. Doug Jones killed it. It's a shame the story doesn't have Back. a lot of pacing it doesn't have a lot of luster but and it's because they didn't want to go full there right they didn't want to commit fully which i understand it's a scary thing to have a big purple dude with a skirt about to eat a planet like that's pretty hard to sell in 2008 i get it i understand the fear but with these movies like internals internals was done so brilliantly because it's so cinematic so by the time you get that marble planet and you get that celestial like it feels like it makes sense because the scaling is there to match, you know? Yeah. I, don't no, know. I think they can definitely do Galactus now. There's no doubt about that. There's no oh, doubt. about. I, I think yeah. that's, I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be somebody cool. brought out a cloud. They would throw tomatoes at the screen. <laughs> yeah. It'd be Marvel riots. Fire. <laughs> yeah. March on about it Cause I, I like Galactus and I always want to see him cause it, reading the cards, he was supposed to be 30 stories high. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I want to see that. And they made a cloud. And I was like, what the hell? That's a ripoff. That's a ripoff. So, oh, yeah. That was not a cloud. They teased you with the silhouette as you like. Did you see Saturn the silhouette? Yeah. So and, and, and so it's like you're in the theater. You're like, oh. Like this close. But, yeah. But the surfer was cool, though. I mean, overall. The surfer he was looked, cool. Doug Jones. Badass. like, yeah. It was yeah. cool. And he he killed that. I mean, he totally nailed that role. Uh, Lauren Fishburne uh, voiced him. And he oh, told that's me. who did? That's yeah. right. That's right. They didn't give it to Jones. They never give it to Jones to do the voice acting for some reason until until later. But so, yeah, he 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 did a great job with that. The gray suit that he's in, the whole stomach vision thing, that was weird. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like certain things. And it's because, they're you know, I don't know. Surfer is like an I don't, it, it's it's going to be interesting what they're going to do. And they've had enough practice with it now that it makes sense how it can be look. You know what I mean? I can see it. I can see it looking correct. Hopefully. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. And I hope like, you know, I hope that, you know, if he's in the Fantastic Four movie, they have that storyline. And then the special presentation, I hope, is like the storyline you get from uh, Silver Surfer 1, right? The origin, right? Where Galactus shows up to Zen Law and that whole, you know. Yeah. Or even in reverse, like there could be there could be something where like the special presentation is surfer leading into like, maybe he's already saved earth or like maybe something's already happened in another multiverse and he has to find the fantastic four again. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so much stuff that could be, because if it's a multiverse situation that can exist, like Fox stuff, rise of the surfer that can exist somewhere else, especially since we have Toby and we had Andrew come in, those mm-hmm. stories exist now. So we can just consider Rise as an existing parallel universe, super nerd, and bring it into that way and just have hey. that exist. I don't know. I mean, it'd be, yeah. it makes more sense to do how, it that way. I know you mentioned Star Wars earlier, but how long did it take in, until now for them to bring the stories from the 90s that they wrote the books about 
that should have been seven, eight, and nine, in my opinion. It should never have been the movies they made. Never. And they found they're going to make them canon. So and they glad that we. And oh yeah. Sense. And same thing with Surfer. They they brought them all in together. Uh, Spider Man, Toby, Andrew, and made him canon. Yep. Said you can didn't waste your money or time yep. watching the shows, and make them in a sense ba- basically tweak tweak them to tweak make it them. better. And yeah, that makes sense. All. That that makes like I got such a thrill seeing Spider Man at the end of the movie in his blue suit, and the blue suit is very comic book, right? It, like remember when he's through the snow and he's 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 swebbing through the uh, the buildings and stuff like that, and it feels like feels like Kirby. Steve Dicka, D- D- you know what I mean? It feels like that's Spider-Man because the blue feels so comic book accurate. You know what I mean? Like that was such a good moment to get away from what we've had to create artificially with the movies to make sure like leather suits, leather jackets for X-Men, you know, leather spandex, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> and it all of a sudden it was like, well, here's the character of what he would look like. You know what I mean? This is how the color would tra- would translate. I thought that was a beautiful. I hope I hope that's a, a glimpse into what they're really thinking for Wolverine. You know what I mean? Like I I, I think that'd be really cool. I think there's a lot more they they'll be doing, and um, you know, they haven't peaked yet with Marvel, and neither has DC. But there's plenty more to use because the main the f- characters we grew up and loved, Surfer, Wolverine, um, the X Men. They haven't been on screen yet in, in that Marvel way. Again, they were had good movies, but had their you know, their downfalls in a sense. So let's see let's see Marvel do it the right way because they've been they've been good so far. Sans it's gonna be fun. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's just fun. Like Iron Man was fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that first Iron Man movie that started off, it wasn't a movie that was trying to be like Iron Man can really exist, wink wink. It was more like no, here's a character, here's a fun story, and it happens to be Iron Man. That's the mentality that it should be gone into. Because that's where it's like that's where everybody's gonna find it entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. So it's gonna be cool. But yeah, I think we I learned a lot about cards today. So, uh, <laughs> so I do yeah. appreciate it. I don't know if I'll uh I probably get online on eBay and trying to find some crazy cards like uh, Rohan's been doing lately, but um, maybe uh, maybe we'll start buying some nines and hoping that uh, that pans out something. Text me. <laughs> text me, man. Whatever you guys are going to get, whatever questions you have, you're free to text me always, man. You guys, yeah. you guys awesome. know how to contact me now. Don't be shy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this was awesome, Fausto. Thanks for coming on. Loved having you on. We'll obviously need to have you on again in the future, too, as well. So this was fun. Thank you so yeah, much for this, man. This was a blast, dude. I really appreciate hanging out with you guys. It was a really fun talk. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. As always, we go over because this stuff is just too cool not to stop. You got to keep talking. So I, I appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see everybody in the next pod. Hoping to have Fausto back soon to talk more cards. But I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the time. And uh, we'll see everybody next on the 21st episode of yeah. Absolute Game of Nerds. Peace out, Peace guys. Out. See you later.